Welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Today, you're going to be hearing from uh, Ben Green. And Ben and his partners started a, a missional-driven business um, in an underserved market. But a few years into their journey, legislation changed that literally crushed their business. And so you'll get to hear how they recover from that. But also, you'll get to hear a question that he and his business partners use uh, with each other when they're in conflict or a lack of understanding among each other. But I think the footnote here is that there's a lesson for us in this question that we can use in any situation. So enjoy this episode. So, so John, thank you for having me on, first of all. And so, um, so Ben Green with Insurance Advantage. I'm the president and COO of Insurance Advantage. And we got started in 2010. Okay. Uh, my, my brother was working in a, in a, in a bar uh, downtown and did not have health insurance. Neither did any of his peers. And um, he identified that as a problem for him sure. and came to me uh, for a solution. You know, you guys are in the insurance business, but it's more than just insurance, right? It's, it's more than just insurance. Um, and, and quite honestly, there, there's an insurance salesman on, on literally every you know corner of America, actually right across the street here. Uh, they're like three insurance salesmen. <laughs> um, so when we got started in 2010, we, we started with the, the affordable health insurance for folks under 35 because that was, a, that was an underserved market. Um, folks under 35, including my brother, did not have health insurance. And we were there to kind of convince them as to why they needed health insurance and then also get them something that was under 100 bucks. Mm. The, the Affordable Care Act came out and it killed off our plan completely. And so we retooled and figured out a way to get them affordable health insurance for their small companies. Um, in, in 2016 or so, uh, after working with Obamacare plans for several years, we, uh, we got asked by a lot of our clients who were aging into Medicare whether or not they would help us, whether or not we could help them with their Medicare plans. And so we, we decided for a couple of years that we were not going to go into that marketplace. Um, because of the fact that uh, because of the fact that we we just didn't want to have to deal with the regulations or deal with the um, deal with that that topic but after a couple of years we figured out that it was really underserved and so we started helping folks with Medicare and what we found in the last four years is that it's you know it's more than just getting somebody a, an insurance package this this changes people's lives mm. we put sometimes five or ten percent or fifteen percent back into their pockets because of the type of plans we put them on, or the types of types of savings we found for them, and we've had folks, you know, cry, basically after after we got them uh, signed up because they've they've never had someone sit down with them and just explain to them in English what their plan meant, you know, uh, what they need, what they will not need going forward, and they've never had anybody actually take the time to um, explain all these things to them. Now let's put some numbers on that 10 to 15 percent because that that's to most people, it would seem like a small discount, mm -hmm. but 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 put some dollar figures on on what you're yeah. saying there. Yeah. So, the, the average person in South Carolina uh, gets about maybe twelve hundred, thirteen hundred dollars per month on their Social Security um, uh, check, and seventy percent of folks. And that's their only source of income. For seventy percent of South Carolinians, that's their only source of income once they turn sixty-five. So seventy percent of people that are sixty-five or older, their sole source of income is Social, Social Security. Security. That yes. could range between twelve and thirteen hundred dollars a month. The average is twelve or thirteen hundred. The lowest I've seen is three hundred and fifty dollars per month. Wow. Uh, we have a lot of clients who are getting six, seven, eight hundred dollars per month in Social Security, and that's their only form of income, and they have no other assets. 
And so when we come in and we lower their bill by $50 per month, we have given them a $600 per year Christmas present, a 10 or 15% per year raise on their income. On their sole source of income. Yes. Yeah, that's, that's what I think gets lost in, in a lot of people uh, is, is the, the low level of income mm -hmm. and then what percentage of something like health insurance takes out mm -hmm. of that income. And then you guys can come in and that's where a 10 to 15% savings is, I mean, it's life or death. It's, it's, uh, it is actually life or death for a lot of folks because they, they, have this, they have to decide how much food they're gonna buy that month mm. or if they're gonna get their prescription drugs. Um, and so for, for us and for me, uh, as we go, especially in the rural communities, we go into trailer homes um, and you know, we go into you know, homes that are damaged by flood and so forth that we've had in South Carolina in the last three years. We're literally putting some money back in these folks' pockets. Some of them cry. And, um, and you know, they, they proclaim our, our, our name and, you know, all we say is, you know, is I'm doing my job. And actually, it's, mm. it's, it's basically, a, a, I don't get to church as much as I would like to, um, but, but it is my mission to help folks. And I've actually found that um, this is actually, it's accidentally, this has ac actually happened to be the, the biggest way in which I've made an impact in my life, actually. Wow. That's really an amazing story. I mean, you, you know, you hear people talk about um, starting businesses is hard enough. And then you have something come out from the federal government, mm. literally, that that just takes away almost your ability to do business, or at least the, the way you started out do, doing business. And then, it, and then the multiple years in between that that there was sort of a, you know, a limbo state, if you will, and then to pick it back up. Uh, I think that's a story a lot of people uh, need to hear. But if I could switch gears, and, and again, I'm I'm drawing on previous conversations that you and I have had. You know, you, you've talked about the nature of partnership mm. with your business partners, um, one of whom was was your brother mm. uh, it's, itself. And so, you know, you, you guys, um, similar background, parenting, all that kind of stuff. And then David Harrell, um, who, who's one of your, your partners. Um, what's it been like to be in partnership? Um, you know, I think people sort of look at those things and with maybe rose-colored glasses, but what's been your experience in, in, in partnership? So, the, the, obviously, the partners that you go in business with are really, really important. Um, and, and we had to identify what our strengths were. So mm -hmm. I, I was more on the sales side. Uh, my brother was was a little bit on the implementation side and kind of operational side, a little bit of sales side. And then David did some sales, but really helped us a lot with kind of the operational side and uh, and having the networks in the health insurance industry to really get us going. Mm -hmm. And so it was a it was a partnership from the start. And then through David's partnerships, we partnered on the, the large group health insurance side with a company up in Greenville. Um, we've now partnered with, uh, with Joel Lurie and his team through Medicare. Um, uh, and we've partnered with a group that does supplemental benefits up in Greenwood. And so we've, we've actually figured out that finding, uh, finding capable, reliable, trusted partners that are experts in particular fields where we identify underserved markets has been the key to our success. Has there ever been any conflict in the partnership? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. So, so you're normal. <laughs> absolutely. Um, um, yeah, dozens of times over the last 10 years we, we had conflicts. Um, but um, uh, yeah, the most important thing is that at every juncture, anytime we had a conflict, we, we would you know, discuss it, think about it over, you know, 
a couple of weeks, even a month sometimes, and kind of arrive at a good solution and, and move forward, basically. But what was that question that you guys would ask of each other hmm. when you found yourselves in conflict? My, my brother and I are obviously uh, genetically very much alike. Uh, you know, uh, David and I are, um, you know, David's Caucasian, I'm, I'm black, obviously. Um, uh, and we come from really different, uh, all of us come from different backgrounds in terms of our life experience. Um, uh, and so we, we, have, we have butted heads before. We always um, come back to that question of, you know, tell, tell, me, tell me why you think we should go into this or tell me why you think we should do this. And we, we talk about it. That, that's probably the most important thing. We, we, What's so important or what have you found to be so important about understanding how a person thinks? It's, it's important for me to understand how David thinks, and it's important for me to understand why David thinks that way, mm -hmm. because I may be missing something that David can see that I cannot see. And so by talking it out in kind of a 360 degree angle, you can arrive at the best solution. Mm -hmm. It sort of changes things. That, that's right, and obviously with coronavirus issues right now, and with the, with the riots and then, you know the racial um, unrest that we're seeing right now, it's, it's a really, unfortunately, it's a really um, salient topic. Um, and I wish the country would take the same approach we've taken really through kind of, um, uh, through, through trial and error. As we wrap this up and we think about the footnote here, talk to us a little bit about how asking that question of someone, why do we need to do that now? It is very important to be able to have adult conversations, mm. have honest conversations with folks that you do not agree with, even if you're related to them, <laughs> um, uh, because we've, we've arrived at a, we arrived at a much more resilient business um, and a, a much more productive business over the last 10 years because of that back and forth, um, because of that debate. If we had, had not had those conversations, um, then we would not be here at all. In fact, our business would have been done in 2012. And so not only would you not have had a business, but all the hundreds and thousands of people that you guys have helped along the way wouldn't have benefited from that either. Thanks for this conversation. Thank and, you. Uh, thanks for being willing to sit down and, and have this and, and to share this with, with the audience here. I think this is really gonna help people.